Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. We're going to be talking about relational brokenness today. We're going to start a whole new series on relationships that we're going to be doing for five weeks. The reason why this is going to be a five-week series is because um, I don't know if you've noticed this already. If not, you will. But pretty much 99% of our problems come from our relationships. <laughs> okay? So, I mean, if it wasn't for people, life would be awesome, right? <laughs> it's a joke. Okay? I like people. I like people. They're like, oh, okay, this guy's a pastor and he doesn't like people. I like people, but you know what I'm saying. It, it's our relationship. If it wasn't for our relationships, life would just be a whole lot easier. But... God has given us this gift of relationships, and, and a part of this gift is his, um, his need to redeem that gift out of what, you know, something that sin does is it makes a good thing into a bad thing. That's what sin does. And, 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 and relationships are a great thing, but what sin does, it can turn it into a, in, into a very bad thing, and it can turn into something that can cause, cause a lot of turmoil in our worlds can, can uh, cause a lot of stress, uh, can cause a lot of arguments, a lot of conflict and unforgiveness and all of these things. If you start to do a kind of a brain map of all of the stuff that, that is connected to your relationships, you'll realize that 99% of your problems will come from your relationships. So we need to talk about this. That's why we're doing a five-week series on it, okay? Because I want to I show you what this book here, the Bible, says about it. And let me tell you something, it says a lot. It says a lot, and uh, I just encourage you to write down the scriptures that I teach out of, and if you don't know what to read during the week, read these scriptures. Just go over these scriptures, let them, let them soak in, let them kind of just meditate on them, and uh, you'll find that you'll grow, and God will begin to speak to you as you do that. Here's what I want to talk about. What I firstly want to talk about is God's love. And how that affects us in our relational status, or how that affects us, not in our marriage status, but in our relationships, okay? The first thing I have to talk about before I talk about God's love is this. I have to talk about our brokenness. And by brokenness, I mean sin, okay? Sin in the world is a brokenness of what God actually originally intended. You agree? That's what sin is, okay? Who knows, in anything in our life, there are particular areas of our world that no matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we make the effort, we still fail. Let's talk about relationships for a moment. No matter how much we say, you know what, from this day forward, when someone does dot, 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 I'm not going to do dot, 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 dot. And then a week later, someone does dot, 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 dot. And you find yourself doing dot, 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 dot. And you're like, I'm just a big dot. <laughs> and you try and start again. That's called brokenness. Okay, that's called our brokenness. That's sin at work in your life. No matter how hard you try... Without Jesus, and I'm going to help you with this, I know this is a bit of a, a strong statement, but without Jesus, you're not going to be able to overcome that sin. 
it is going to hound you for the rest of your life. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. No, that's the truth. That's why we need him. That's why I'm talking about his love. But before I talk about his love, I've got to talk about your need for his love. Okay? Now, a key area where our brokenness will show up will be in our relationships. It'll show up in our relationships. Things like not being able to say no. I'm not going to do a show of hands as to who struggles with that. But you know who you are. If someone asks of you and they're a certain person or they, they are some sort of person that you want them to like you, you're going to find it hard to say no. Who knows what I'm talking about? That's a part of our brokenness. Maybe there's an inferiority complex where you feel like people are inferior to you and you feel like you have to prove yourself all the time. That's your brokenness. Maybe it's anger issues where you just can't control your anger in your relationships. Maybe it's that, it's, it's that dodging people because you just don't know, how to, you don't know how to kind of like face them and you don't want to go to that event so you just like, just don't answer their calls all the time. Instead of actually saying no, we dodge. That's brokenness. Let me say that's brokenness. I, and I'm not, if I happen to, just, just as a warning, when I, when I throw these things out there, if I happen to look at you, <laughs> it's not because I think that you do that, okay? Sometimes I, I, I have to, when I'm saying these things, I try to look at them, but I, in, I meet eye contact with people, I'm like, no, hold on a second, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about anyone in this room. In fact, none of you guys struggle with this. It's an amazing church, right? You guys just don't have any stuff with sin, and I, this is for the other churches. Right? No, just kidding. This is for us. <laughs> I, I just thought I'd give some examples. There's many, many more examples. There's things that we do. Maybe we just cut off from people when they don't do what we want them to do. When they have no use to us anymore, they're out. They're off. They failed us. There's no use pursuing that relationship anymore. There's all sorts of ways that our brokenness will show up in relationships, right? I think I've made the point. Now, our response to another person's brokenness, because everybody knows we have eyes and we can see other people's brokenness, and maybe you're like thinking right now, you're like, oh, I wish such and such was here. They would need to hear this about their own brokenness, because I can see some of those things that Ryan mentioned, they struggle with that, right? Now, the response that we have to other people's brokenness is, is like it's a mixture of, of, of what's called a surprise. Oh, I just... And sort of indignant at the same time. So it's more like, oh, I'm just, I just can't believe they do that. Right? Okay? Especially those close to us. And, and usually it will kind of lead to some sort of anger. It may even lead to some sort of conflict. But the response we have to our own brokenness, this is the funny thing. When we look at ourselves, we kind of just give ourselves a pass for it. Oh, yeah, man, I struggle with that. But it's okay, I'm broken, you know, I'm broken. I'm a sinner, so it's okay. Right? We give ourselves a pass. But the problem is this. Here's the problem with when we give ourselves just a pass and, and we, don't, uh, we don't actually take note of the things that are actually a red flag of our own brokenness. 
and begin to try to work out how we're going to deal with that. When we don't actually take note and we just give ourselves a pass, what happens is we don't grow. And the thing is, is this, the Bible, the Bible does not give us a pass. have Have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, and four verses four to seven. I mean, listen to this. This is an amazing scripture. And uh, you know, scripture of the day. You can put this up on your Instagram and 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 show people how much sort of you know the Bible. But but look at this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, we can't, I mean, the Bible's just like, there's no past there. Because I know, for me, let's just talk about me for a moment. I fail on every one of those things. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Uh, it always trusts. Oh, <laughs> trust. <laughs> I give myself a pass on that one. <laughs> always hopes. Yeah, I'm not always hopeful. It always perseveres. There's been moments where I've given up and haven't perseveres. Here's the crazy thing about the Bible. It doesn't give you a pass. I mean, it just, it's up there, man. You, 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 you try to live by those. Forget the rest of the Bible. Metaphorically speaking, I'm not actually saying forget the rest of the, the Bible. I don't want to be soundbited there and quoted that Ryan said. Just try to live by that one scripture. I'm telling you something. At some point in time, you'll have to give yourself a pass because you'll fail. But the problem is the Bible does not give you a pass. Okay, it gets better. Are you Okay. Now that I've beaten you into the ground and made you all feel like guilty sinners, that's not my point. I don't, I'm not here to make anyone feel guilty. The only reason I brought up that problem is to give you the solution. Amen. And let me tell you something. Jesus is the solution. Who knows that? Who knows that? So, you know, we, we fail in these areas. And then we get surprised at ourselves. And then internally, we kind of get indignant at ourselves, that we've let ourselves down once again. We give ourselves a pass, but our, our minds, our souls don't. And, and we begin to struggle with our own security as a person. We begin to question as to whether or not we, we, we could stand before God and pray. We come to church on a Sunday and we, we go, I, I don't know if he wants to hear my voice and me sing. I don't, I don't know if I'm worthy, right? Who knows what I'm talking about? What do we need to do about this? How do we overcome this? Where's the, where's the answer to all of this? Well, first thing is you have to understand that your relational brokenness is a direct result of your own sin. These areas where it's talking about love, this is all about relationships. Boasting, not proud, 
dishonoring others, self-seeking, easily angered, no record of wrongs. These are all areas of sin that we struggle with relationally. First thing we have to do is we have to own where we do not make it. You have to own it. It's your sin. And this is okay. This is the, this is the crazy thing about the gospel is it's the, only, it's the only actual philosophy that you'll come across where it's actually okay to own where you are not good at something. Everything else says, no, that's not good. You need to overcome it and that's that. And you need to be a better person. But the gospel says you can own your sin and admit it. <laughs> the thing is, is here's, the, here's the, the crazy thing about our walk with Jesus is we have to own our sin, but we don't have to pay for it. See, the Bible says that the wages of sin are... What? Okay, that's not positive. I thought I came here for a positive vibe tonight. That's not positive. You're telling me first I'm a sinner and that, you know, I'm struggling with these things relationally and you just underline some things that I don't want to talk about and, and now you're telling me that the wages of sin are death? It's like, I don't come here for this. <laughs> but you've got to understand that Jesus took the death. That's why he came. He took our pain. He took our suffering. He took on himself what we deserved. This is the second thing that you have to understand. You have to first own your sin. The second thing is you have to understand that if it wasn't for him and his love, where would we be? You have to understand that you need his love. Why do you need his love? Because you're broken. Why do I need the love of Christ in my world? Because I'm so broken. Is it okay that I'm broken? No, it leads to death. But Jesus, in obedience to the Father, and the Father's mercy gave his only Son, to die, that whosoever would believe in him would have eternal life. We need his love. You've got to understand, you need God's love. If this whole walk with Jesus is about you trying to prove yourself to God, trying to be a better person so God would accept you, you've missed the gospel. The gospel is, you need his love, and he gave his love. The gospel is, you will fail, but he made a way for you. That's what the gospel is. Understand your relational brokenness is a direct result of your sin. Own it. But understand you don't have to pay for it. Understand you need his love and he's given it. Okay? Check out Psalm. Turn over to Psalms. Chapter 51. This is one of my favorite psalms. And it was written by King David just after he had gotten caught from basically seeing a pretty woman on a rooftop, sleeping with her, getting her pregnant, 
killing her husband because he didn't want him, him to find out or anybody else to find out that she was pregnant. And then for a little while getting away with it, but then a prophet came and said, you're in sin and you need to work, work this out. And as a response of him getting caught and actually owning his sin, he writes this scripture, okay? Psalm 51. I'm just going to read from verse 1 through to 10 because it's a pretty long psalm and I, can't, I haven't got time to read it all. But he says this, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing... What's that word? Why does God have mercy on us? Does he see our sin? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But he loves you. He gave his son as a sacrifice to pay for that sin. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. For I know my transgressions. See, see, you've got to see this. David is owning his sin. For I know my transgressions. You know, a problem with a lot of Christians, and if you're not a Christian here, you can nudge the person next to you who may be a Christian and say, this is for you. A lot of Christians don't own their sin and they don't grow. That's how you end up a baby Christian and staying a baby Christian. When you don't own the stuff, the junk in your trunk. The junk in your trunk. Did you hear what I said? Everyone's got junk in their trunk. I think everybody can't see it, but we can all smell it. (laughs) We have to own it. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me against you. Only have I sinned. You have to know where your brokenness is and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me, yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. Create in me, O God, a pure heart. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Remember that old song where you're old Christians? I love that song. Create in me a pure heart. Oh, God. No one's singing along with me. Okay, whatever. I was going to, I thought I'd do a sing along then, but you know, whatever. All new Christians. I want you to keep your finger, if you're reading along with this or whatever, in your Bible, or just note that scripture, and then turn to, um, because we're going to come back to it, turn over to Romans chapter 5, and I want you to see the pattern, see in that scripture when you study it, you'll see that David owns his sins, he knows that God sees it, and he accesses God's mercy, okay? Now let's go to Romans. This is, this is the pattern that we have to follow. Romans. And, and, and we are talking about relationships. You're like, what's this got to do with relationships? Everything. 
Because how many times have you been blatantly wrong in a relationship, yet because you don't want to show that you're broken, you just continue on, or you just pretend it's not there? You know what I mean? That, that is like the worst thing. It will break relationships faster than anything. I think, you know, for, for us who are married, I, I've struggled with this. Who knows, uh, who, who's married, married people? Oh, yeah, you don't have to show your hands because then those people who aren't married might feel a bit bad. It's all right, we're praying for you. <laughs> um, you know, in marriage, I know I've been fighting with Rachel sometimes and it's, you know, me, it's not her... You know, you know, once, once, in a, once every 10 years we have a fight and we have an amazing marriage and just kidding. We have struggles. I mean, we're like normal human beings. But there's been moments where we've been fighting and we've gotten to a point in a fight where I'm like, hold on a second, what's this fight out again? And then Rachel appoints something out, which I'm wrong. But because we're fighting, I just want to prove that I'm right, even though inside, in the very depths of my heart, I know I'm wrong. Who knows what I'm talking about? Am I the only one that does that? You know, it's like, okay, yeah, okay, good, good, good. I'm so glad that you've, we've got a spirit of honesty going on in this place. Oh, I've totally forgotten why I brought that up. Yeah. Yeah, we need to talk about this because um, relationships... If we don't see this, yeah, that's the point. See, if we don't own in these moments in our relationships our own sin, we're just gonna we're gonna forge on into head of more broken head of, of, of more brokenness. It's just gonna get worse, right? Anyway, that wasn't in my notes; just came from my heart. I wasn't gonna share with you my struggles in my marriage and all of that sort of stuff. We're about to move houses, and who knows? Moving houses is one stressful thing. So keep us in your prayers, you know, um, that we can get all of this done. And, you know, the thing is tiredness, you know, when you get tired. Romans chapter 5. I want you to see this. I want you to see how we receive love. Okay? And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Okay? Yes, you own your sin. But hope in God doesn't put us to shame. God isn't there pointing his finger at the junk in your trunk, putting you to shame. No, no, no. You've got to understand, he took on shame when he hung naked on a cross. Hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, just at the right time, when, you were still, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still hiding that stuff, while we were still not owning up 
while we're still forging ahead in our relationships, pretending that we've got it all together when really we're just pretending Christ died for us. You need his love. In our relationships, we have to understand his love and how much we need it. So the first, the first thing that we need to do here is we need to understand that we can receive his love. Receive it. Right here, right now. If you've come and you feel guilty, if you feel condemned, please don't. But own whatever it is that's bugging you. And even right now, while you're sitting there, open your heart to let God come in and comfort you. Turn to Him. His love is there for you. His love is there for you. But there's a second part that comes with His love. There's a second part that comes with His love. If we go for, to Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39. It says, Romans 8, chapter 39, I'm just making sure I got it right. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger of sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long, we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You've got to understand something. In our walk with God, we receive His love then that love that we have is tested. And most of the time it will be tested by our own behavior. Most of the time it will be tested by our own sin, our own brokenness, where we get ourselves into places where we are outside of God's will. But the Bible says that nothing can separate us, no height, no depth, from the love of Christ. But there is a choice that we have to make. And if we go back, I just want you to see this. If we go back to Psalm chapter 51, where David says, cleanse me, in verse 7, where he says, cleanse me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. You know, hyssop was a plant that was used for a person that was healed of leprosy. They would take that plant and they would cleanse them. Here's the picture I want you to see. God, God's love is there for you and you get healed. But there's a second part where he wants to come in, where he is going to put his hand into the wounds and he's going to cleanse them. 
Now, no love, no, no, not, nothing is going to separate us from his love. But this is the point where we can separate ourselves. Where we go, God, I, I want your love. I, I love your love. I mean, you know, Christianity is all about love. It's just so positive. I love it. Yes, it is. But God loves you as you are, but he doesn't want to keep you as you are. He loves you where you are, but he doesn't want you to stay where you are. He's going he's to come in and he's going to cleanse you. But who knows? Who's been to hospital when they've cleaned a wound? You ever been to hospital and had a wound cleaned, like a deep wound? It hurts. It hurts. I remember as a, as a child, Dettol. <laughs> What's with Dettol? Like, what is wrong with those people that created Dettol? I would graze my knees, fall off my bike, and graze the side of my leg, and mum would be like, okay, time for the Dettol. I'd be like, no, I'd run away. I said, okay, Ryan, we'll dilute it. And you put it. They put it in the bowl, and it goes all white, and that you just know that when that little cotton bud with that little poison on it, it's going to touch your leg. It's going to, oh, <laughs> Listen to me. Your brokenness comes from wounds. Your brokenness comes from stuff that God wants to deal with. He wants to deal with it. And God begins to reach in and deal with us. He gets the hyssop plant out and he starts to make a little concoction to, to heal you of your wounds. He gives you the Holy Spirit and you, oh yes, comfort me. Oh, that hurts. What the heck is that? Why, it's happening again? What, that person is doing that same thing again and I have to deal with this with you now, God? Yeah, you have to watch. Watch how to deal with this. Go to the Bible. It's cleansing, cleansing, cleansing. And this takes obedience. Right, just turn to John chapter 14. If you can chuck that scripture up, Sambo. John chapter, check out this scripture. John chapter 14, verse 15 to 16. If you love me. Now here's the response that we have to God. Okay, he loves us. But he shows us how to love him back. And it's not, I mean, it is for him he loves being in relationship with us, but it's not for him that he needs to say this. Jesus says this for you. This is the hyssop plant. This is the cleansing. This is the work that God wants to do in you that's going to make you into a better person. If you love me, what's it say? Keep my commands. Now let's go back to the pass. Let's go back to that scripture I talked about with love, where we give ourselves a pass. What do we do with that? If you love me, keep my commands. You know what we need to do? When we haven't kept his commands, we need to go back to him. Nothing can separate you from his love, but what, what do we do when we fail? We don't go to God, do we? We think God doesn't accept us anymore. We think that God doesn't love us anymore. We, don't think, we, we, we think that God hates us. We don't think that we're worthy anymore. That's not the gospel. The gospel is that you have been made worthy. You have been made whole. But God wants to make you into the person that he's created you to be. And how is he going to do that? In relationships? Well, he is going to have to have you obey. You're going to have to obey. And it's going to hurt. It's going to, it's going to mean that God is sometimes... You're going, to, you're going to be in situations where God has put his hand on the wound. Where he's cleansing you and you have to grit your teeth and obey. I mean, there's a scripture. It's a really long scripture in the Bible. Another one. 
can't exactly remember where it is, but it's this. It says, do everything in love. Do everything in love. If you love me, keep my commands. Do everything in love. But you know what? The Holy Spirit has been given to you as a gift to guide you, to help you. The Word, the Bible has been given to you as a gift to guide you through. And God is going to begin to make you whole, to heal you of relational brokenness as you stay with Him. As you stay with Him. If you love me, keep my commands. So often, I love you, God. I can't keep your commands. Jesus is real. He's not a fake sort of thing, you know. There's no two ways. You either make a choice. You're either obeying His commands or you're not. We have to make that choice. And when we fail, we come to Him, ready for Him to heal us, like David came. Cleanse me with the hyssop. Keep my commands and I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you sometimes. Forever. He'll be with you forever. What you've got to understand is the cleansing, the person that God wants you to be, the person that you want to be is found in obedience. It's the second part to love that nobody really wants to talk about. <laughs> but we have to talk about it. Because you'll never be that person unless you obey. God has called you to obedience. God has called us to obedience. And, and we have to talk about this in the context of relationships because relationships will be one place where we give ourselves a pass not to obey. Right? I only know this because I've struggled with it myself. So how do we apply this to our lives? First, our response to others has to go through the filter of how much we are loved. You can take that down. Oh, you've taken it down. Very good, Sam. Our response to others needs to go through the filter of how much we are loved. Yes, we are broken. Yes, there's going to be trouble in our relationships. Yes, we're going to have conflict. And yes, we're going to fail. And people are going to offend you. They're going to hurt you. They're going to do things to you that warrant you in your heart to stay in a place of unforgiveness. But our response to those people always needs to go through the filter of how much we need His love. How do we know how much we need His love? Don't give yourself a pass anymore on the stuff that you're failing with relationally. Own it. But remember, you don't pay for it. He does. And you've got to go back to the cross. Turn to Him. Repent. Another day. God, it's not easy. One thing I don't like to say is the S word. Do you know what the S word is? Sorry. Sorry. I hate that word. Sorry. I mean, I can hold on to that word for days. 
I know sometimes where I, I've got to say sorry and I just, I do not want to say sorry. Because I know that as soon as I say it, that it means I'm guilty. And I have to deal with all this stuff and have a conversation about my guilt with the person who I've offended. Right? Sorry. When you put your world through the filter of how much we need God's love, God is going to give me you to a point where he loves you, but his cleansing is going to mean you say sorry. You've got to obey. The second thing is understand that your relational brokenness is a result of sin. The third thing is to respond to our relational brokenness with an acceptance of love and the need for it. And then the fourth thing is to allow God to cleanse you. And how does he cleanse you? Through you obeying. Sitting in obedience. Let me go through that one more time and I'm going to close. I want you to hear this. Our response to others needs to go through the filter of how much we are loved. We need to understand our relational brokenness is a result of sin. We need to respond to our relational brokenness with an acceptance of his love. And then we allow him to cleanse us through obedience. He gives to us, we respond to him. You know, in, in that scripture, in Psalm 51, later on it says that, that David says, he says, you do not require sacrifice. I can't remember the exact wording, but he says, if it was a sacrifice you were required, that's what I would bring. And the second part is, he just says, you require obedience. You know what religion says? Religion says this, you can bring a sacrifice as penance for your sin. That's what religion says. What Jesus says is, I took it upon myself. All the debt was paid for. Everything that was outstanding was paid for by Jesus. It's not about penance. It's about obedience. But obedience isn't penance. Obedience is purification. Obedience is redemption. Obedience is Him turning you into the person that He has always called you and wanted you to be. Because He loves you. You're His child. He wants to redeem you out of sin. He wants to redeem you out of the mud, out of the mire, out of the stuff of life that He never put there and never meant for us to have. How do we get redeemed out of that? Obedience. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at c3mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 